On this episode of the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience, John Maddox speaks with returning guest and president of Ocean Equity Solutions, Preston Caffrey. The two speak about problems Preston is facing as a mortgage broker, how to take advantage of our current circumstances, if non-QM will return, and much more. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. All right. uh, Welcome to the podcast, Preston Caffrey. I know you've been on here before. Thanks for coming back. Absolutely. So, uh, you, you hanging in there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not the best of times, but it's not the worst of times. It's a little different than last time you were here. We have to social distance and, uh, we have to, you know, keep our distance, but, um, but yeah, we're staying, we're staying a little bit of, a little bit optimistic, right? I mean, you, you're doing okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to silver lining. It's, it's out there. You just got to change your perspective and focus on the positive stuff. Absolutely. So what are you doing? I mean, I know, you know, work from home is not necessarily, I mean, some, some brokers work from home. I mean, I remember working from home when I, uh, when I was, you know, early on in the business and it wasn't that tough to work from home, but you know, certain people, you know, it's new to them. They've got to learn how to work from home. Uh, you have some challenges. I know you have kids and and stuff. So is it, it, (laughs) how's that been going for you? Uh, you know, I've, I've worked from home for a long time and learned how to kind of manage people's expectations. There's always those, those little interruptions and things like that. You got to be able to unplug and then plug right back in. But I, I prefer it to be honest. I love being around my family. And, you know, like you said, with kids, you have them for such a short window that even if it's, you know, little interruptions for work and whatever it, I'd rather have that than none of it at all. So I, I enjoy working from home. That's good, man. Yeah. And I guess the difference would be that, that, uh, the kids now are home too, right? Like when normally they're off at school and, uh, and so you get a little quiet time, but, but, uh, anyway, so like, what would you say, you know, are your biggest struggles were, you know, during this pandemic? I mean, this has been a crazy time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, having the non QM sector get frozen up for the most part has, has been tough, no doubt. And I would say a close second to that is people's perception of what's going on as far as the mortgage market goes and the actual reality. It's right. I feel like the media is doing a really bad job of <laughs> telling people that we're at our historic lows, rates are the best ever, you know, you need to be refinancing. And the reality is just that's not the case. I mean, if, yeah. if you have a conforming loan, then you know you're you haven't been hit really that hard but anything beyond that it's just is not how it was even a couple months ago so i i feel like setting expectations has been a a big challenge right now and just letting people know that you know we've got to just hold off a little bit longer uh before we kind of revisit doing a loan versus you know them being an all-time low it's it's just yeah we got to get the media on board to stop promoting yeah. Giving the wrong expectation. So what are your conversations like with borrowers? Are you, you know, are they, they obviously they're asking for the lowest rate in the world, you know, rates are historic, historic lows. Like what are your conversations like? What are you saying back to them to sort of set those expectations? You know, obviously 
you have a lot of repeat customers and you have a lot of clients that you work with, but I know you also get referrals and you get new customers. So, you know, the ones that probably have done work with you in the past are going to be more understanding, of course, but like new clients, like what do you kind of, what's your message to them and how, how's that conversation going? Yeah, I, honestly, it's, it's education, education, and then setting expectations of what, what's really going on and letting them know. I mean, I, I don't make any more money or any less money if they get the best deal. So by nature, I just want to get them the best deal. So you kind of go through that Dodd-Frank and say, look, I, I'm set on a certain percentage and it's the law. Tell, walk us through how you, how you pitch that. Cause I'd like to know, I think some of our listeners might want to know too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, I, I let them know everything that we're seeing in the market. You know, what's going on with the 10-year, what's going on with mortgage-backed securities, all that stuff. And that we are primed for a, the potential lowest of lows, but we're not there right now because of liquidity issues and a lot of other things moving. And so you just share that information. And I think when people can look it up on their own and they see, okay, what what he's saying actually lines up with what's going on. and then they, you know, here on the news, well, they can get a 30 year fixed under 3%. And then they call their local bank and their bank's like, no, you're in the fours. If you want to do it, I think it helps them gauge, okay, you know, th- this guy knows what he's talking about. And for people to know that, you know, like I was saying, it, it doesn't change anything financially for me, right. whether yeah, they get a low or a high rate. So I want them to get the lowest rate. You know, I want to hook my clients up as best as possible. So for people to, see that and to know that I've got their best at hand. It's, mm-hmm. it's huge. Good, man. What about, uh, what kind of conversations are you having with borrowers when it relates to like the non QM loans, just like disappearing? I know you've had some loans approved and then all of a sudden they're just declined. You know, people had expectations of closing on new homes. People had expectation of getting cash out for a remodel for whatever needed needs they had. Like what are, what are those conversations like? They're not great. I mean, that's no. <laughs> I can't imagine they are. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, again, people understand that we are kind of living in unprecedented times. Uh, I think, again, you want what you want. And so regardless of what's going on, you know, if you were getting ready to close on a house that, that you've been excited to move into and everything, and either your loan just got completely denied because the money ran up or if it's frozen or whatever, it. I would be frustrated too. But at the same time, I think there is just this level of understanding that, you know, there's nothing we can do right now. It's a weird, weird time, but it isn't the zombie apocalypse or something, you know, like things are going to turn around. It's just a matter of when. And so so it's kind of a wait and see game kind of pause. Let's all like let the, you know, this thing die off and, and then kind of recalibrate, re, re, re look at, are you telling people like, let's hold, you know, kind of, we had a loan approval or we had your loan in line. Let's just kind of, you know, give it 30 days. Let's then we'll recheck. You kind of give them that message or do you just, are you like, it's dead, it's over. And you know, what, what, what's the difference in maybe the way your message is, you know, compared to maybe yeah, others? Definitely never. It's dead and over. I mean, I think what makes uh, certain people successful in this business is truly believing that there's always an option. Mm-hmm. And, and then going out and finding it. There's, there's always an appetite. There's always people with money, no matter what time you're living in, no matter what sort of pandemic you're going through. Um, but, but sometimes it takes longer. So encouraging right. people to hang in there, 
you know, and a lot of my clients that, that have either had their loans declined or frozen. Um, yeah, we're, we're saying, look, May 1st, that's when we're hopefully allowed to start going outside again. Yeah. Hopefully some restaurants will open back up. People's confidence in the economy will start to improve. I, I think just one positive step forward is going to yeah. make a huge difference. And I think it's going to open up a lot of things for us again. So, you know, we're, we're all sort of waiting for that, for that May yeah. 1st, uh, thumbs up to go outside. So that's, that's kind of what I'm encouraging people to wait for as well. Like hold, hold on with me. We're going yeah. in this together. That's good, man. Yeah. Being, <clears throat> being transparent, just, just being, you know, communicative, I think to the, to the borrowers is such a huge thing when you don't call back or you keep it, I've been guilty you know, I you know, had some borrowers where I just didn't call them back because it was like, what are you going to tell them? But if you don't call them back, it's really, it's a lot worse. Right. I mean, that you, you got to call them back and tell them what's going on. That's, that's yeah. huge. Um, what about Hard marketing? Is never fun to give. That's, that's no. like, got to do it. Um, so talk to us about marketing. Are you presently doing any kind of marketing for yourself? Um, or are you just sort of on a pause, wait and see, uh, like what's your, what's your marketing outlook right now? You, I mean, I'm sure just because you've been in the business a long time, you get like naturally get, you know, repeat business and referrals, but are you actually going out trying to market right now? Or are you saying, I'm just going to sort of just give it a little bit of a pause in marketing? Yeah. It, I mean, yes and no, we're definitely still communicating with clients and, and potential clients who, who I've, you know, already talked to. And sort of relaying that same message that we talked about, which is, you know, this isn't the end of the world. Things are going to turn around. And I don't think they're that far away from turning around. So, you know, rather than sending out tons of marketing materials, trying to get new business, I'm more educating my clients, you know, in the past and then even new clients just saying, this is where everything is. And this is what we're looking like. You know, what my, my advice to basically every broker out there is, have your clients send you all of their paperwork put together. I mean, if you're slow right now, put together their loan package, have it fully ready to go because when things do hit, if we do see these all time lowest rates, you're going to want to be ready to lock and submit that loan because you got to assume that everybody across the country is waiting as well. So, you know, if you, if, if it hits and you don't have any paperwork ready and now you're reaching out trying to get stuff, you're looking at 45, 60, maybe even 90 days to close a loan. Whereas if you're ready to go and you lock and submit a full package day one, I think 30 days is still going to be realistic for you and your clients. Plus, what else do they got to do right now, right? <laughs> they have all their paperwork right there ready. I mean, they, they can go through it and go, you know, and I'm sure they, if you give them the right message, like why it makes sense to get, get you their paperwork, I think you can convince them to to do that because I agree you want to be first in line when this stuff opens up Absolutely, and, yeah. and what else, like what else do we have right now to do? So, um, and then, you know, you can offer more help too, since you're, I mean, I know you're a little slower, obviously like all of us. So you have a little bit more stuff to do. You can help organize and, you know, get their paperwork together. I know you're also a fan of processing your own loans, yeah. which, uh, you could kind of do right now too. So that's, uh, that's good stuff. Um, what about like loans that you have been able to fund? What are you seeing out there? Uh, brokering, you know, 
you don't have to name lenders necessarily, or you can, but uh, FHA loans, conventional loans, some jumbo loans, or what, what are you seeing that's actually fundable right now? I mean, there's still a lot of stuff available. Uh, rates are, again, like I said, not nearly as good as they were in February, early March, but there's still a lot of financing available. If your borrower has a loan that is 510400 or below, mm-hmm. you haven't really been affected. So those loans are st- still getting processed quickly, funded quickly, and the rates are incredible. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the base hits right now is just taking care of those clients and knowing that, you know, that that business is still unaffected really by what's going on. And then right. keeping the people who are kind of that high balance or jumbo loan on the wing and letting them know, look, when these things do change, we're going to be ready to go. But yeah, I mean, there's still money. It's just not, it's not the money that people want to borrow because they're used to what they were getting, you know, back in February. So maybe it's a half a percent or a full percent higher than it was. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it makes sense to wait another 30, 60 days until that comes back down. For sure. Um, What are your thoughts on non-QM in general as, as just like a quality, you know, credit versus kind of the more, the mortgage, you know, 2006 time when subprime was, was ample. I remember, you know, we worked together then. So uh, I remember very vividly what those kind of loans were, what, what it was like when that crisis and comparative, like today I went through our pipeline of loans that we have held for sale and each single, every single loan is such a good loan, like uh, credit score wise, LTV wise, uh, DTI, your reserves. Like, what are your thoughts on, you know, the non-QM that you've done in the past compared? Like, do you think there's going to be any kind of increase in delinquencies compared to Fannie Freddie? Like, have you talked to any borrowers about, you know, wanting to skip payments, you know, or anything, any stories like that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I think that a lot of people are freaking out about this non-QM thing. It's gone. You know, this, it, we, we had our heyday and it's over whatever. I totally disagree. I think non-QM will bounce right. I, honestly, if the economy starts back up May 1st, I think non-QM starts back up May 1st. The reality is, is we're borrowing money differently than we were back in 2008, 2009. You know, that whole, that whole crash was based on something completely different than what we're going through right now. And like you said, these borrowers qualify. The debt right. income's there. The FICO's there. Everything is strong. So unless we see just a massive fallout of non-QM loans over the next month where people just decide to stop paying their mortgage, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that non-QM won't be right back. I mean, it's, it, people need those loans. And the right. reality is they're not, these aren't 100% financed, you know, yeah. 600 credit, you know, someone percent cash out buying a million dollar home. Yeah. It's just totally different. Yeah. I remember uh, doing hundred percent cash out and, and it's like, well, now you don't really own anything. You know, <laughs> your house is fully, li- but I think the, the max cash out that we were seeing in our guidelines, I don't have them handy, but I mean, on our, on our, when I was going through the, the loans held for sale on our, on our tape, I think 75% LTV was the max cash out that we had on there, at least on those loans. But like, I mean, that still leaves someone with 25% equity. And I was looking at a chart yesterday that said, I think it was 54% of Americans had at least 50% equity in their home. 50%. Like that. Yeah. Pretty massive. Big difference from, you know, 08 to now. 
Yeah, I, I think non-GM is here to stay. Uh, you know, we're obviously seeing even guidelines being rewritten as we speak in preparation for launching when this kicks back up. But, you know, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. So what kind of uh, hobbies are you doing just to keep yourself from going crazy? I know uh, you can't be busy with loans all day long. So other than, you know, I've been eating a lot more than I normally do and, and having a little more drinks. But, uh, what, but what about you? Any, uh, any hobbies that you've picked up? It, is it a good time to learn Spanish? Like what, <laughs> what, what, what do you recommend? <laughs> Definitely enjoying wine uh, more frequently. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't spent a ton of time new skills or anything. It's just been more spending as much time as I can with my kids. We connect in different ways. And so, you know, my son loves football. So going outside, throwing the ball with him and then playing video games with him. And then my daughter loves movies and reading. So just finding where you connect with your kids and doing more of that. I think in all reality, this time has been really good for dads who were so enveloped in their work and mm -hmm. now are being forced on a step back and they've got the time and they're starting to see their kids in a light maybe that they haven't before other than the couple hours they get with them. Now you're getting some real good quality time. I think it's going to, we're going to come out of this and families are going to be a lot tighter. And I think, yep. you know, dads and moms who are, we're working a ton and who are not able to right now, obviously there's stress in that. Yeah. But the silver lining is that you get to spend time with your kids that you probably never would have been able to. So, you know, focusing on, the, sure. on the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, people, I've heard people doing different things like theme nights and, you know, like making different dinners together. And so, I mean, there's definitely, if you have a good optimistic or positive attitude about this and great gratitude, I think you can, you can take advantage of some of the, the time. I and mean, we, one thing that we, all don't have a lot of is time, right? And so now we have a little bit more time on our hands, which we could use for good or bad, right? You could be, you know, just sitting around doing nothing, or you could actually do something different, right? You can you can, you can use that time for good. Um, it's 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 certainly a it's an interesting time. I, I think we'll look back on this podcast and just be like, wow, what a what a time! I mean, I'm hoping it's short as well. I mean, my my thought is, you know, May 1st too, as soon as people go back to work, people are going to want to work. People are going to want to go get their haircut. I mean, it looks like you, you got yourself a haircut there. I don't know if you use your own clippers, but, um, I need a haircut for sure. Uh, and I can't cut my own hair unless I shave it all off, which I don't want to do. Um, but you know, people are going to want to go back and re you know, like I think in one of the last podcasts that they want to open a menu and sit down and have a, you know, dinner. They don't have to do the dishes for, you know, um, and just all the other jobs out there that people do that are so needed, right? And then and people want to to use. So it's never happened before in America where this has happened. And uh other than people just losing jobs because there wasn't any jobs. This is so different. Um, are you watching any Go ahead. different thing? I mean, the, those those businesses and and hopefully, like we're saying, it, we can get this turned around quickly. Most of the businesses are going to be able to turn the lights back on fairly quickly. And that's encouraging because, you know, as, as soon as we can get back to even a small level of normalcy, it, it's going to help everybody. Yeah. Um, and I hope that people, 
Yeah, there's there's going to be a, a couple different classes of people. There'll be people who get back out immediately because they've been, you know, missing going out to dinner and going for walks on the beach and stuff like that. Uh, and then there will be people who are also hesitant and kind of take it slow just to ease back in. Um, and I think all of that's okay. You know, wh- wherever you are and how you're kind of processing the, the disease and the pandemic, what's going on. But I definitely encourage people to, to get back to it because, you know, we're, we're resilient. The human yeah. body's resilient. America's resilient. Let's, uh, let's get back. For sure. So, I mean, you do a lot of loans with, with self-employed. Um, what have you heard about from your borrowers about the PPP, the government, you know, payment, payroll protection, I think it's payroll protection payment um, or plan. Um, what have you heard from your bar? Are there, are your self-employed borrowers looking for that or going, going after getting that? Have you heard anything? Yeah. You know, I, there's definitely talks of people uh, applying and, and whatnot. As of right now, only a few of the bigger banks are offering it. And it sounds like it's still, sounds like they're still really just making it up as they go. Um, I think if that opens itself up and, and that money can get there soon, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. it'll be incredible and really helpful. My fear is that, you know, May 1st is going to hit and jobs are going to, you know, open the doors back up and things like that. And hopefully we'll get back to, you know, going back to work at the beginning of May. And I don't think that lots of people are even going to get their loans until then. So it might be irrelevant, you know. Well, maybe they'll be back to work and have some cash and be able to rehire everybody. And you get both. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's my message to our self-employed borrowers is like, you know, why not get the loan and then you can, it can be forgiven or you can pay it back. Like if you don't need it, right? Like if you don't need it, you just pay it back. And you work, you you know, some people in the SBA field, right? Like I know you've done an SBA loan or two or more. Um, have you talked at all to the SBA people? Have you reached out and seen kind of how things are going? Yeah. So say? for the people who are offering uh, this program already, they're inundated with, with so many applications. The problem is, is that you know, to review and approve and then get the money out is it, it's yeah, like underwriting a loan. You know, yeah. there's, there's a lot more that goes into it than just saying, Oh, you're self-employed. You need money. Here you go. Yeah. And right. so, you know, I, I hope that that I, I want to say there was something like 60,000 applications the first day that they opened it up, something like that. And it's just compiling. So I don't know how you process that <laughs> stuff. I don't even right. know if there were 60,000 SBA loans done last year. So yeah. I don't, I don't know how it's going to work, week. to be honest, but if they can figure it out, I mean, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, $2 trillion infused back into the, some way, shape or form, if it can help you out, get after it. Yeah, it could be massive. It'd be really massive. Um, any predictions for, you know, summer, like housing, I've been going after and trying to get data on, you know, listings year over year, you know, cancellations of listings, just trying to get my finger on the pulse of what's going on with the market, the real estate market. It seems like there's been like, you know, initially there was some cancellations of listings. I think there's some new listings popping up. I still think supply and demand is going to be tight, but what are your, do you have any predictions for summer for like the next, the near term on, on real estate? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is going to come down to what happens in these next couple of weeks um, and how we start off May. I, I think the summer is 
my hopeful, optimistic opinion is that, you know, come June, July, we're going to be in sort of a celebratory state as a nation. Not that yeah. we've overcome the coronavirus completely or anything, but I think celebrating the fact that we, we get to work, we get to be outside again, we get to own homes, you know, like there's so much to, to again, be thankful for. And I think summertime, especially, I know that they're saying, you know, the, the heat helps keep down the coronavirus and things like that. The reality is, is that it's not like all other viruses stopped infecting people right now. Sure. Too. I mean, there's still the flu, there's still influenza, there's still, I mean, all kinds of things. So you can still get sick, but it seems like in most places, summertime, those viruses tend to slow down. Right. And so I think that alone is going to just, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to celebrate. And I hope that, you know, the market is one of those things. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think about, you know, from what I see to people, you know, the person who wanted to buy a house a month ago still wants to own a home, right? This isn't, this virus isn't changing your people's view on ownership. I think if anything, maybe I, I, I could guess it could be, you know, more helpful for that. But um, have you heard it from any of your borrowers? Are they still like, you know, has it, has any of them said, Oh man, forget this. I'm not going to own. Or are they kind of the opposite? They're like, you know, I, I'm still looking forward to own. Oh, that sucks. I can't qualify right now because the program's gone, but you know, I, let me know when, uh, when it comes back. Cause I want to buy or, you know, have you, what have you heard on the street? Yeah. You know, the, there hasn't been any negative sentiment whatsoever in regards to people shopping for homes. I have clients that are still Send, having me send out prequels for places that they're looking at that they want to make an offer on. So that hasn't stopped really at all. Yeah. Um, obviously there are people who are having to just put a pause on it until certain programs come back on. Sure. But, but they're still looking, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lack of confidence in the housing market. And really, I, like I said, if, if things turn around relatively quickly, I don't think we're going to even see a dip in housing prices. So I think so. And I think because of the supply demand, if there was like, you know, all these homes that were coming, like if there was, if builders went out and built just massive amounts of houses like they did before. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are like, God, I got to sell my house. I got to bail out. Like, I honestly think then we would be in a different situation, but I, I mean, where we are, I don't see a lot of new homes, you know, I, so I'm sure there are pockets in different areas that have new homes, new condo towers, maybe, or, you know, that are all brand new coming out, you know, and so there's going to be oversupply in that particular zip code. But from what I'm seeing, you know, the supply and demand factor and just the fact that, you know, people don't think they can, if they're selling their house, they're like, well, what am I going to buy? Like, I can't find anything, you know? So hope my hope is that, yeah, like it, it does put kind of like a damp, you know, damper on any, any kind of downward trend on the housing prices, but right. I mean, we're all looking at a foggy crystal ball, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but definitely you, you see people still wanting to go look for houses and they're not. Oh they're yeah. Not yeah. And even my, my clients, you know, who either have been cut hours, uh, taken salary cuts, or some who basically don't have a job at the moment. 
they still want to own homes, you know? So it's, it's not like we're saying, Hey, you're never going to get a job again because you lost your job. Right. And I'm really, I, I think the guidelines, what we're going to say when it comes back online, you know, if you were laid off for a month or two, how that even looks, it, I, I think it'll just be, you know, pack it up to coronavirus and let's, let's keep going. Yeah. I think like there was, there was certain, um, level back in the crash, there was a certain level of forgiveness, you know, like our, uh, understanding, you know, it was an economic event. It wasn't, it wasn't, you just said to hell with it. I'm not making my mortgage payment. Right. You, you, you know, people truly were out of jobs. People had families that, you know, were sick, whatever it might've been because of the world shutting down literally. And that, I think you're right. It'll be looked at as like an economic pandemic event that, you know, will forgive that month that you missed that payments or those payments. And I guess one of the issues is how much do people care about their credit and are there, are they going to continue to make their payments because they care and they maybe in their mind, they think this is going to be over soon. And so they don't want their credit to be damaged because when it, when it's over, they're going to want to be ready to buy, or they're going to be, you know, they're going to want to have good credit. That's kind of my thought. You know, I think if someone is, is looking at this, like, okay, this is temporary. This is short term. They're, they're going to be like, okay, I care about my credit. But if, if it starts getting like completely dragged out, then I think at some point people might be like to hell with my credit. I don't care. I just need to survive. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I I mean, I agree completely. I think, you know, this carries on for three, four, five, six months, you know, no one's going to, credit's going to be the last thing you're worried about. Right. Right. But especially if people are dying. dying, Yeah. I think the sentiment is, is this more or less across the board that I don't think we're seeing it that way. You know, a lot of places are at least semi leveling out, you know, the, the social distancing has helped a ton. And really what it's helping is it's helping the hospitals not be overflow with just patients. You know, we're delaying out the cases and things like that so that they have enough staff and bedroom space to help people as they get sick. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it carries on for a long time. We were forced to stay home for months on end. Mm -hmm. I mean, geez, people are going to go crazy just hanging out with their families for three, four straight months. People want to get back to work. Yeah. Credit's not going to matter. Yeah. Um, So we got some questions from our audience that, that have uh, asked uh, to, to, you know, to ask these questions to go over these things. So the first one is the million dollar question is when will rates really drop? Will they go up as unemployment rises and values go down? Will, will lenders go back to the five to 10% cut of value across the board, similar to 07 to 09? I guess we could start with when do you do you guess that rates will really drop? We kind of covered a little bit of that, but yeah, I mean, it, we we get back to work uh, next month, and I think that June, July, we're going to see rates at historical lows again ever, and and for a lot of ways and reasons, but even just as simply as we kickstart the economy, and real estate is a major contributor to our economy, so. Anything that can get transactions going, get people into homes, get people doing stuff, saving money on their mortgage so they can spend money out in the economy. There's a million ways, but it, I think, yeah, we, be, we get back to work May 1st, June, July, we're going to be looking great. If not, then, you know, every month that this gets delayed, 
I think it pushes out our, our hope for, you know, a rate drop much further in the future. And I think, you know, as far as the value question here, will will lenders go back to the five to 10% cut of value? I think, you know, right now from what I've heard is, is because there's no sales, there's not a lot of sales. It's hard to put a value on real estate uh, because there's not a lot of transactions happening. So, you know, it's like, what do we do, you know, to just sort of guess where the transactions are going? I mean, you know, have you talked to any appraisers or anybody that kind of can give you any, any insight to that? I mean, my opinion is that as long as values don't go down because of panic uh, and panic selling, you know, there's going to be forbearances. There's not going to be a lot of foreclosures yet. I mean, maybe there'll be foreclosures in a year from now, but they, we all know foreclosures take time. They take sometimes up to year to two years, you know, depending on how long it drags out. But um, with, with sales coming back online in a, in a month or so, you know, we'll, we'll probably see then obviously, but any indicators do you think that you're seeing as far as values? Yeah, I don't, I don't see values getting affected. Not yet. And like you said, supply and demand is everything. Um, and unless there are fire sales due to loss of job, they need to tap into their equity immediately, that kind of stuff. And even still, I, I don't think a fire sale is justified. I mean, you, you just list your home for the value. It, there's a good chance it's going to go. Yeah, especially if there's not a ton on the market, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, home value, again, it's hard to say what they're going to look like in a couple months. But as long as we kind of stay on track with that hopeful May 1st return, I don't even see that we, there's even a 1% drop. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and then I guess the other question is what products do we at fund loans still offer? But you know, I'm going to touch on that, but I want to ask you too, if you've seen any other products like DSCR loans or asset, I mean, I know I'll tell you, I'll say this right now. We're not lending on non QM in California and Washington state because of the, you know, and New York, which we don't even lend in, but because of the, the virus. So we're, we're going to follow that closely the investor that buys these loans is not buying in California and Washington and New York. So, but those products do have asset depletion, um, you know, what we call uh, ATR in full, meaning like the whole loan, you know, if you have it in the bank or in your stock or, you know, something like that, you can, you can get a loan for that amount. Um, we do offer some non owner occupieds and things like that for nationals, but I haven't seen a DSCR product out there other than like a bridge loan. That's maybe a private money type of product. We have something like that in our private side, high rates though, not, you know, not pretty right now. Have you seen anything else out there uh, that shows any glimmer of hope for this product to come back? You know, at least from your view, cause I know you're approved with a bunch of lenders. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there are still some portfolio investors who are funding non-QM products. Right. which again shows that there is an appetite for it. This isn't, you know, a blip on the radar that's gone. It's, and why I'm confident it'll be coming back really soon. Um, but again, it's, it's few and far between. And I think for the most part, it's okay to have those products, you know, shelved for a sure. couple months, you know, it's, and it makes sense from an investor standpoint, they're just waiting to, to see kind of like how we all are. How, how is the response going to be to everything that's going on and how quickly are we going to get back on track right. relatively as, you know, as best we can. Um, 
but yeah, the, the DSCR, I, I don't see that anywhere as of right now. Um, but asset depletion, those kind of programs, those, those are still around. Those are, you know, a, a lot of those are still a paper programs and yep. it makes sense from an investment standpoint. Yeah. I mean, if someone has a ton of assets, it's like, <laughs> that should be a good loan, right? When I look, when I look at loans sitting on my, my warehouse line, I'm like, Oh, this guy's got, you know, a million bucks in cash. That's a good loan. I'm, I'm not worried about that one. They're going to pay. <laughs> um, anything else, any advice for, for brokers, um, it, whether they're new in the business, uh, or been around a long time, any, any advice that you have, uh, just as a mortgage broker to, to our community? Yeah. You know, I honestly, my advice would be to stay cool. Don't panic in this time you know, be thankful that it's slow and use that time to hang out with your family, invest in the things that you, that you've wanted to know that no matter what, no matter how we try to view this, it it is temporary, you know, like in all reality, the coronavirus is going to be here for a long time, just like influenza is. And so knowing that how we take care of ourselves, hygiene, all that stuff, which, you know, I'm OCD. So I've, I've been like that my whole life, but I'm, I'm hoping that people just learn to wash their hands and and stuff like that. It'll help prevent this from being, you know, the pandemic that, that is being promoted that it is. And, and then prepare yourself for when the times are going to be good. I mean, you know, we've been doing this for a really long time. It's always ups and downs. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's just how this business is. Mm -hmm. So communicate that with your clients be open and honest about what you're seeing and then be prepared for, for the good times ahead. They're yeah. coming. Right. Someone told me, I think on the last podcast, they said uh, from the dawn of time, there have been people that wanted to borrow and people that wanted to lend. So we're going to still be in business no matter what happens, you know, as long as we keep our broker license and our loan officer licenses, maybe this is a good time to get your, your education done, right? Like continuing ed and all that. hundred percent. Get it all knocked out. That way, when you're really busy, you're not stressing about that. So um, I don't have any any uh, ties to any of those companies. So but I think it's a great I think it's a great thing to do. I mean, we got what is it? Eight hours of continuing education you got to do. So uh, I'm sure we can find time to do that right now. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on again. It's always good to hear your your side and your perspective. Uh, I value that because, you know, I, I know you're successful what you do. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll do another one when things are, are better and we'll, we'll reminisce about these, these tougher times. So yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the other side, hopefully a lot sooner than later. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Preston. Please like, and share and subscribe and, uh, let us know if you have any other questions for us. We'd love to talk about them on the podcast. So thanks for watching. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's fund loans together.